We thought our union grand and our constitution grand. I do not say that they are not grand and good, for they are. I am this day just as much in love with them as you, but I am eternally in love with you and all my fellows upon the earth. We consider the Bible and religions divine. I do not say that they are not divine. I say that they have grown out of you and may grow out of you still. It is not they who give the life. It is you who give the life. Leaves are no more shed from the trees or trees from the earth than they are shed out of you. I do not affirm that what you see beyond is futile. I do not advise you to stop. I do not say that leadings you thought great are not great. But I say that none lead to greater or sadder or happier than those led to. Will you seek afar off? You surely will come back at last, and things best known to you, finding the best, as good as the best, and folks nearest to you, finding also the sweetest, the strongest, lovingest happiness, not in another place, but this place, not in another hour, but this hour. Thank you for listening to Poet on Song, the podcast that proposes to love a poet with you and accompany them with great music. My name is Mariama Antoine, and today I offer to deliver you to the heart of the American soul through the revolutionary verse of a jaunty and self-conscious lyricist, an autodidact who created his own newspaper, published his own books, and thought himself the lessons bequeathed by the transcendentalists the great Walt Whitman. Whitman's song catalogs a profound empathy for the other, which in many ways he identified as himself. And that sense of oneness pervades his poetry and in my mind stands as his most important message that we 
are one and must therefore include the other. These ideas are conveyed with such forward intimacy, a closeness that engages and reflects with you, a voice that speaks directly to you. It's almost shocking how Whitman gets to us, how well he seems to understand what is most vibrant about the American character, its diversity. Here's a first poem, an excerpt from Song of Myself. You road I enter upon and look around. I believe you are not all that there is here. I believe that much unseen is also here. Here, the profound lesson of reception. Nor preference, nor denial. The black with his woolly head, the felon, the diseased, the illiterate person are not denied. The birth, the hasting after the physician, the beggar's tramp, the drunkard's staggers, the laughing party of mechanics, the escaped youth, the rich person's carriage, the fop, the eloping couple, the early market men, the hearse, the moving of furniture into the town, the return back from the town, they pass, I also pass, anything passes, none can be interdicted. None are but accepted. Whitman's poetry is fresh, utterly unpretentious, and vibrates with the echoes of his time. I don't know if there'll ever be another poet like him. For more than being a heralding voice of the American spirit and a precursor of its verse, he was an accomplished human being, a man who through his life and actions have shown me what it means to love one's country. Bobby Kennedy did that for me as well, but I suppose that's another conversation. But for Whitman, love of country is to know it to serve it, and to include all that allows for it. Woodman heard the rut and love, the cries of woe, the fate and water baptism, the ambition and thriving families, the despair of slaves, the eroded voices of Native Americans, the pulse of his own homosexuality, and drew it all in, in a magnificent embrace, included them like instruments in the symphony he entitled Leaves of Grass. it was that homosexuality and therefore his otherness. He was an openly gay man and a time and place where such things were not discussed that allowed 
for the great care that we feel when reading Whitman. Perhaps not. Maybe he was extraordinary. Extraordinarily simple, with a staunch faith in the people of his country, and he believed them good. I find him incredibly inspiring, and it's easy to love the man as much as the poetry precisely because he denies nothing, denies no one their place, nor does he attempt to gloss over the many evils undercurrenting his society. He sees and admits, and of individuals creates composites for a nation that teach us how to respond to what, if truth be told, has always been our greatest flaw. Greed. Stay away past the ruins of the altar and the mall. Stay away through the fables of creation and the fall. Stay away past the palaces that rise above the rock year by year, month by month, day by day. Just fundamental goodness and the wisdom of the way. Steal your heart, precious heart, past the women who you bought year by year, month by month, day by day. Let us die to make things cheap 
say the mere culpa which you gradually forgot year by year month by Here's another excerpt from Song of Myself. I tramp a perpetual journey. Come, listen all. Signs are a rainproof coat, good shoes, and a staff cut from the woods. No friend of mine takes his ease in my chair. I have no chair, no church, no philosophy. I lead no man to a dinner table, library, exchange. But each man and each woman of you, I lead upon a knoll, my left hand hooking round the waist, my right hand pointing to landscapes of continents and the public road. Not I, nor anyone else can travel that road for you. You must travel it for yourself. It is not far. It is within reach. Perhaps you have been on it since you were born and did not know. Perhaps it is everywhere, on water and on land. Shoulder your duds, dear sons, and I will mine, and let us hasten forth. Wonderful cities and free nations we shall fetch as we go. If you tire, give me both burdens and rest the shuff of your hands on my hip, and in due time you shall repay the same service to me. For after we start, we never lie again. This day before dawn, I ascend a hill and look at the crowded heaven. And I said to my spirit, when we become the enfolders of those orbs and the pleasure and knowledge of everything in them, shall we be filled and satisfied then? And my spirit said, no, we but level that lift to pass and continue beyond. devotion that Whitman brought to it. I think that there is much to be gained from withdrawing our fate and grotesque consumption and reestablishing ourselves in constructive learning, to forsake the extractive practices and habits that derive from them, and to each turn our gaze towards renewal. And regardless of the midterms election result, I mean to dedicate myself to that. And in those thoughts, Whitman's song strikes me as a voice that has somehow always waited for me. 
waited for us to finally take the right turn, to return to the forgotten truths of the heart that he sang so well in Song of the Open Road. Here is part of it. To merge all in the travel they tend to, and the days and nights they tend to. Again, to merge them in the start of superior journeys. To see nothing anywhere, but that you may reach it and pass it. To conceive no time, however distant, but that you may reach it and pass it. To look up and down no road, but it stretches and waits for you, however long it stretches and waits for you. To see no being, not gods or any, but you also go thither. To see no possession, but you may possess it, enjoying all without labor or purchase, abstracting the feast, yet not abstracting one particle of it. To take the best of the farmer's farm and the rich man's elegant villa and the chaste blessing of the well-married couple and the fruits of orchids and flowers of gardens. To take your use out of compact cities as you pass through. To carry buildings and streets with you afterward wherever you go. To gather the minds of men out of their brains as you encounter them. To gather the love out of their hearts. To take your lovers on the road with you for all that you leave them behind you. To know the universe itself as a road, as many roads, as roads for traveling souls. Walt Whitman, an American, one of the rough ones, a cosmos, disorderly, fleshy, sensual, eating, drinking, breeding. This is how Whitman introduces himself in Leaves of Grass, which he revised and revisited his entire life. This presentation of the poet doesn't even come until page 29. It's almost as though to say that my experience is indistinguishable from that of another. And like Paul Lawrence Dunbar, he had his ears grounded to the ordinary man's life, which he found beautiful. Thank you. 
Whitman was born in Long Island, New York, in 1819 to Quakers of very modest mean. In fact, they were Hicksite Quakers, also abolitionists. He had very little formal education, but came from people who instilled in him a deep sense of civic responsibility. And in fact, his parents took to naming their children after American presidents. He had brothers named George Washington Whitman, Thomas Jefferson Whitman, Andrew Jackson Whitman, for example. But over the course of his life, Whitman would maintain this patriotic engagement. He denounced Grant's government's corruption and his vistas, befriended presidents, and held a position at the pardons office, which would later become the Department of Justice. For all his sojourning among great men, Whitman remained modest with a preference for the working man and a deep love of conversation with learned ones. This was a man who must have lived Lincoln's famous words with malice towards none and charity for all. Whitman is an extraordinary poet because he extends beyond the immediacy of his time and spans across seasons, gender, years. He is capable of expanding beyond a national framework to something more global, more universal, and an ever-present engagement to the business of mankind. And it starts the moment you open Leaves of Grass. Here's an excerpt from one of my favorite poems, Crossing the Brooklyn Ferry. It is not upon you alone the dark patches fall. The dog threw patches down upon me also. The best I had done seemed to me blank and suspicious. My great thoughts, as I supposed them, were they not really meager? Would people not laugh at me? It is not you alone who knows what it means to be evil. I am he who knew what it was to be evil. I too knitted the old knot of contrariety. I too babbled, blushed, resented, lied, stole, grudged, had guiled anger, lust, hot wishes I dare not speak, was wayward, vain, greedy, shallow, sly, cowardly, malignant, the wolf, the snake, the hog, not wanting and me. The cheating look, the frivolous word, the adulterous wish, not wanting. Refusals, hate, postponements, meanness, laziness, none of these wanting. But I was Manhattanese, 
friendly and proud. I was called by my nice name by clear voices of young men as they saw me approaching or passing, felt their arms on my neck as I stood, or the negligent leaning of their flesh against me as I sat. Saw many I loved in the street or ferry boat or public assembly, yet never told them a word. Lived the same life with the rest, the same old laughing, gnawing, sleeping. Played the part that still looks back on the actor or actress. The same old role, the role that is what we make of it. As great as we like, or as small as we like, or both great and small about things today and fallen leaves said she hadn't heard the news hadn't had the time to choose a way to lose Gonna see the river man Gonna tell him all I can About the plan to see that all along incredible voices cry out to us now and from the annals of the past for a return to core values, to judicious engagement and the embrace of its plain sublimity, to begin to disengage ourselves from the overreeling machine of avarice to draw from personal power the dynamism needed to link arms again towards the greater good. For the issues at hand are global ones and the time for renewal now. To begin to lead more open lives, more passionate lives, more committed lives requires discipline, yes, but is also incredibly exciting. I like what Whitman has to say here. This is an excerpt from Song of the Open Road. Henceforth, I ask not good fortune. I myself am good fortune. Henceforth, I whimper no more, postpone no more, need nothing. 
done with indoor complaints, libraries, quarrelsome criticism. Strong and content, I travel the open road, the earth that is sufficient. I do not want the constellation any nearer. I know that they are very well where they are. I know the suffice for those who belong to them. Still here, I carry my old delicious burdens. I carry them, men and women. I carry them with me wherever I go. I swear it is impossible for me to get rid of them. I am filled with them and I will fill them and return. Despair offers a kind of certainty, which Whitman resisted. A blanket of wool that leaves us comforted by the fact that it is aligned with what we think will happen. No one knows, and our crisis may be one of imagination or an inability to shake vested interests. But the resources for a better world are all here. What will the new order look like if we must take into consideration the good of all or face our own extinction? I was thinking about all this in this complex blend of feeling that is life this summer when Roe was overturned and I cried and perhaps I was mourning or admitting the galloping theocracy has established itself in America. But somewhere along, I cried because I felt there was no hope. I was reading Whitman then, his poetry, his life, and read that he had spent three years ministering to wounded soldiers during the Civil War. And I was in awe of the magnitude of the heart that could be swayed to such actions. In reading Whitman, one feels propelled to go out and do likewise, be likewise, and to remember the truths that can fuel a despairing heart, that despite all appearances, we are one, one country, one race, and have but one earth. 
in his selfless dedication, in his idea, and I'm quoting here, that the pulses of our brain wait for their chance and encouragement at every deed or sight, I hear a call to action, one that leaves me soothed. Here's the last extract. I hope that it'll do for you what it did for me. It's from Song of Myself. You are also asking me questions and I hear you. I answer that I cannot answer you. You must find out for yourself. Sit a while, dear son. Here are biscuits to eat. Here is milk to drink. But as soon as you sleep and renew yourself in sweet clothes, I kiss you with a goodbye kiss and open the gate for your egress hence. Long enough have you dreamed contemptible dreams. Now I wash the gum from your eyes. You must habit yourself to the dazzle of the light in every moment of your life. Long have you timidly waited holding a plank by the shore. Now I willed you to be a bold swimmer, to jump off in the midst of the sea, rise again, nod to me, shout, laughing, dash with your hair. This is where we end. This has been Poet on Song, and my name is Mariama Antoine. The music that you've heard on this podcast is as follows. Albatross by Fleetwood Mac. Down and Out by Joel Lesserides. Steer Your Way by Nora Jones. 
The Girl with the Sun in Her Eyes by J.G. Johansson, Stardust by Bobby Hutcherson, Still Life by Alex French, Riverman by Nick Drake, Little Sparrow by Lila Michaela, Four Short Pieces H104 2, Spring Song by Frank Bride, Interpretation by Seku Kanath Mason and the Earth Quartet, America by Imagine Dragons, Follow us on Spotify, Apple, Deezer, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you like what you've heard, I hope that you will share the podcast and come again. For I'll be examining next the resting thoughts and portraits of the Japanese haiku master, Basho. See you then. <laughs>